Hello and welcome to sunny Spain. No, it's not sunny Spain, it's England. And I'm absolutely covered in sweat and I need my fan on. But anyway, Stoke have had a great week. What have the Ange? Well, it depends. Firstly, if you're deluded or not. I think, even though I know what's going to happen now, hello everybody, I'm going to be told that I can't have the winning prediction from the Morecambe game because I predicted penalties and Ian will come up with some stupid technicality about the penalties that means I won't get the point and yesterday I think was about as disappointed as I've ever been watching Stoke play ever in my life because we had so many chances to uh, win the game and contrived to lose it 3-1 and it's the manner of the defeats you can't keep saying We've been unlucky, we played well. Lewis Baker, after the game, says we played well. If we carry on playing like that, we'll be OK. I'm not so sure that we haven't heard this on repeat for four or five seasons now, and it's very worrying, and I'm sure we're going to do the players now, the ratings. So um, this will just tell you what we think, Ian. Yeah, it will. But before we go into anything, like you said, you, the reason you don't get a point is because you predicted Stoke to win on penalties. And to be fair, I, if if we're on a game show, I'd give you an half a point, but we're not. So it's still 1-0. <laughs> but before we go into, obviously, the player ratings, we'll go and cover the Morecambe game. Now, I was listening to this on the radio. I still don't understand how he didn't score. Well, I know, because a lot of people are going, oh, well, we played well, we should have scored. Well, we didn't, because we, only four were on target. We had 22 shots, didn't we, or something like that. None of them on target, none of them any quality. It was an easy day for the goalkeeper. You were there, Ange. Did you go and see the statue that you were so excited about? No, I didn't, and I think that's why we lost. The game wasn't really entertaining. Uh, They went down to ten men, Morecambe. They should have been down to eight, if I'm being absolutely honest. If you don't score, you're not going to win. And, yeah, Dwight Gale scored a really good goal. It wasn't offside. Just the same as he scored a really good header yesterday, which wasn't offside. And from that point on, when they went down to ten men, they just stuck everybody behind the ball. And I said to people with 11 minutes to go, this is going to go to penalties. When Morgan Fox walked up to take the first one, I think if I just sum it up by saying um, Chris Waddle's penalty was perfection compared to Morgan Fox's, it's probably still travelling upwards now. Our goalkeeper dived the wrong way for everyone but the last ones, probably should have saved the last one but didn't, and that was the end of it. Uh, but they were quite physical, but you would expect them to be, and they're a first division team playing a championship team, you would expect them to be. Uh, so that's that done, that the way done finished. No, first we're going to go into Morgan Fox, why? Um, I don't think he's ever taken a penalty professionally, has he? And he steps up and why? <laughs> why? Well, the story is, the story is that he they were asked who he wanted to take and he put his name forward and I guess there's two ways of looking at it. Maybe he took the first one because it gave you four more to redeem what he took the first one like. Secondly, he maybe thought he was going to lead the way by scoring. I don't know, but it was quite clear when he walked up he wasn't he wasn't a perfect penalty taker. No, he wasn't, definitely no. And Michael O'Neill's under pressure because of that. And you're thinking after that, you know, Huddersfield, because we're going to Huddersfield now, you know, a team that's struggling, lost all their quality players, have brought in nobodies really to replace them. And we went up against them and I was fully confident after the Blackpool result we'll, we'll go in there and do a bit of good. And we didn't, Ange. We lost 3-1 to Huddersfield. And it was probably one of the, I'll be honest now, the shittiest performances I've seen in a long time. And we'll go into player 18 straight away with Joe Basic. Well, 
I've not thought Joe Bursic was the finished article for for a while. I thought he should have saved their first goal because whilst it was a decent header, it went through his hands and, and I'm going to give him a five and he's lucky to get a five. He gets free from me. Absolutely pathetic performance as well. You know, a player that's so highly rated. I'm not seeing any of it really. You know, it's unforgivable for the letting it slide through his hands like that. I mean, we, we had this with Chocolate Wrist Butland, who's now third choice keeper at Palace. You, you know, we said it at the start of the season. I was very much in for it. Ben Foster's still available, by the way. He hasn't retired. He's still there. Go on, Stoke. Use your brain and go get some of these players. Because at the end of the day, Bergic, he just isn't ready for this level. And there's a few others on the pitch that I don't think are ready. But he gets a free from me. Right, now we move into a player that, to be honest, looked like he'd won a prize, which was Sparrow. Now, I feel very sorry for Sparrow because I thought he was doing okay in the first half. Nothing special. But he's a young lad and you've got to give him credit for not giving up. I'm not sure that he's a right wing back or a right back at the moment. The fact that Clark's injured and it looks like he's going to be out for a while, I know we're going to talk about it in a minute, but I, I, I thought he looked as though he wasn't ready. I won't say he's out of his depth. He just doesn't look like he's ready. I'm sure he'll be a decent player, but I thought yesterday was a stage too far for him. And while I will say one thing I found particularly disappointing, and I know you've got to you've got to stay in the heat of the moment, it's probably what anybody would do, but Flint called him out for the goal. And I thought, you know, a senior pro, you shouldn't really be doing that to a to a young kid. But he did, and there we go. So uh, he's getting a four. Uh, he's getting a two from me, Sparrow. I f- honestly thought he won a prize to play for Stoke. Not good enough at all. Not ready in any shape or form. He did a couple of good things. I think, in the, well, not a couple. It was one where he had a shot, but it had no power whatsoever. And it was Nichols, well, just put his boot on top of it, really. It was, he just didn't look up for it. And for me, he was at fault for the second goal completely. It was a, a horrendous mistake. And I'm sorry, but this is the kind of squad that we're getting where I've always been up for young players coming through I know he's impressed in the youth academies but he needs a loan he's not ready for this division yet and you can clearly see some players when they come in they're ready like Taylor when I looked at him and Suter and Campbell when you look at them when they were first starting you thought they're a bit rusty but there's potential there Sparrow just Sparrow just looked out of his depth from minute one to the end he, he just really struggled to implement in the game and Obviously, a mistake was coming because of how open we were. The pitch was too wide. and We're going to rely on this small pitch this season, aren't we, if, if Michael O'Neill consists? Because I, I don't understand why he's picking Sparrow ahead of Dehani. Now, I'm not a giant fan of Dehani. Well, I never thought I'd hear anybody say that, that uh, they would prefer Dehani to another player in the Stoke team. But uh, fair enough. I don't think he or Sparrow will play midweek. I think he'll play Thompson or Klukas in that position if he has to. See, it's it's just not good enough. But right, we'll move into Josh Timon. Why are we moving into Josh Timon, then? Because I want to move into Josh Timon. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> wasn't, one of his, wasn't one of his better games, five. He gets a four from me. Nothing at all again. His crosses were absolutely nowhere near a teammate. I mean, the goalkeeper was eating him up, all the defenders were chesting him, some of them. Nowhere near anyone. Again, another performance from time and where, again, where he wasn't linking up with the midfield and he was walking around with his mouth open. He, get, he gets a low mark. It's just poor. Poor, 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 Andrew. I'm angry. I hope, you, I hope that's coming across because I'm, I'm, I'm fuming. Right, now we move into 
Ben Wilmot. Right, well, I thought Ben was actually one of our better players. And that doesn't take a lot yesterday. Technically, I think he's he's, he's quite sound. I do worry a bit when he, he goes forward, but I'm giving him a six. Because I did think he was one of our better players. I think he's scraping man of the match yesterday, Ben, ben Wilmot. Which... Yeah, I, I would agree with a six. Yeah, which which shows you. I mean, I give him a five, which shows you how far we've dropped here. He linked up well with the back line, and to be honest, he was having to save Aidan Flint all game because he couldn't win an edit. Which yeah. <laughs> what we brought him in for, wasn't it really? Well, at the moment, he's no Danny Bart, is he? Exactly, I said we're better off with Danny Bart. Every season and every time, we'll talk about this later, but we'll go into. I think he gets a five. Now we move into Connor Taylor. I thought it was the worst match for Connor in a first team shirt. He he was port with the first goal. You know, he lost the man completely. I still think he's worth persevering with. I think he'll. I don't think he'll go out on loan unless we buy this defensive centre half, as opposed to an attacking centre half. I'm struggling really. I don't know whether to give him a five or a four. I'll give him a five, but he won't one of his best games. He gets a three from me. Uh, Connor Taylor, I thought he was poor. I thought, I, I, to, to be honest, I've watched it back three times. What was he doing for the edit for that first goal? Well, that night? It, it was just awful, wasn't it? it, it it's yeah. embarrassing. It's 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 completely embarrassing. I'm I'm not it, all game. He looks shaky. And it, it, to be fair, this is the first time he's been tested probably in his career where he's come up, where he's played for Stoke. Really, to be honest, to be honest, now he's probably on his phone going, "Can I go Fleetwood? It's probably a better squad." At the end of the day, I'm looking at it and I, and I can't understand where we're going. With, with Taylor I think there's a good player there I'm not sitting here saying it's the end of the world but not a good performance at all not impressed and he gets a free right now we move into definitely not man of the match Aidan Flint I'm trying to be very careful how I phrase this apart from saying he's no Danny Bart um, I thought he was, he'd been brought into the team to strengthen up the defence on a short term basis while we're waiting for Suits to come back and to get into the opposing penalty area and make some good headers, etc. I'm not sure. I watched him yesterday and I don't think he knows where he's playing. He's pretty mobile. And I just didn't think he was very good at all. So he's getting a three from me. Um, he's getting a one from me, Aidan Flint. I thought he was brought in to be a leader, especially the experience he's got. I don't know how he's keeping Phil Jagielka out the side and that's how bad things have got. Well, I agree. I think Phil Jagielka's a much better player. And I'm looking at it. We brought him in to basically shore up his defensive lines because for three years now we've not been able to defend corners, free kicks into the box or any sort of ball into the box. We brought him in to do that. And yesterday, I think all goals came from set pieces, didn't they? Yeah, but, you know, it's that's three goals in three games that have been done like that. So you do wonder what the training is like, what's the defensive training like, but I've just said the same as you, Chaggy Elka for me on Wednesday, got to leave Flint out. And he, he just looked like a, an outless chicken, and the thing I was watching, it, I didn't like how he was, you've already mentioned about having to go at Sparry, but he was doing it to Connor Taylor and Ben Wilmot as well, yeah. sort of shouting at him like they were nothing. I mean, mm-hmm. you're Aidan Flint, you haven't, who are you? That's the first thing I'd shout back, who are you? A Cardiff and Yeovil reject. At the end of the day, I don't want him to play Ange. He's not good enough. No. He's not no, good enough. He 
There's uh, on the current showing, he isn't. I would agree with you. Just no, nowhere near good enough. I'd rather Jaggy Alka. I'd rather. I don't know. I'd rather put me at back. I bet. I bet his eye could have won some of them headers. And I wouldn't have any messing about either. Not good enough. I don't know why. We've put, I, I said this at the start of the season. I got a lot of stick for it. I'm right again. Right, let's move into Laurent, as he was shouted out on BBC. Uh, well, Laurent, um, or Laurent, uh, I thought he was one of our better players yesterday. I can see some promising signs for him. But again, I'm not exactly sure... Uh, what's going on with the team at the moment and who's playing where. I don't think midfield was anywhere near good enough. I'm giving him a five. Uh, to be honest, he gets he gets a six from me yesterday, Laurent. I, I liked his movement. I liked what he did. I thought he was clever when it got come to the penalty as well. I thought he was... I don't know. I, I thought he was... Um, I thought he'd come on good in the second half as well. He, he seemed really up yeah, for the game. The half. Yeah, he, he looked like he was, the, he was he was sort of controlling the play and and being physical, which is what we need it with the way we are at the moment. But yeah, I, I think he'll, he'll be a good signing, Laurent. Not not a great signing, not something I'm going to jump over over a fence for. But I think he he looks all right. Right now we move yeah. into going to have to say his name, Nathan Baker. I call him Lewis, but there you go. I'm, I'm going to call him Nathan. Until he starts performing, I'm going to call him Nathan okay. Baker. It's stuck yeah, now. Well, <laughs> I can't get rid of it. He certainly won't be changing his name. I thought he looked like he was carrying a bit of an injury yesterday. He didn't quite look his normal self. I thought his penalty was poor. The, the goal he scored was cracker. If he'd have put his foot through the ball like he did for the penalty, uh, like he did for the goal, then I think it, it would have gone in, but... I was a bit disappointed with him again yesterday and he's getting a five. He gets a five from me, to be fair. I mean, the penalty was was, was hopeless. Perfect dart for the goalkeeper. Um, and to be honest, the goal was lucky because, I mean, that was a good art for the goalkeeper as well. I don't know why. You know, he went under him, didn't it? The shot. Yeah. I, I, I mean, that should have been saved. Um, but he took it well. It was from distance. It was a good strike. Um, I don't understand. He, he seems to miss for me, Ange. Yeah, see, which might be why we've got him. I, I can understand that, but at the end of the day, we're supposed to be moving forward as a team and, and signings are supposed to be there for, to improve a team. And He's a good player, but I think there's too much hype around him for me. I, we're talking like he's the, the new Johnny Walters, the way we're talking about him. You know, he's on all the press. He's, he's the new captain somehow now as well. And I, I don't understand why. He, there's, there's good performances in him, don't get me wrong, but yesterday... Other than his shot, I can't remember him doing a lot. He sort of no. disappeared into the games. Um, I, I, maybe, I mean, he's just had a second child. Maybe that has something to do with it. Uh, but we certainly need better performance from him midweek. And hopefully we'll get it. Well, we'll have to hope with that. Right, now we move into my man of the match, to be honest, which was Smallbone. Yeah, I thought Smallbone or, or Wilmot, and I'm going to give them both the same score because I don't think anybody's worthy of a seven. But Smallbone, um, he had a really good chance to put Josh Tymon through on a, maybe two or three occasions in the first half where we might have made something out of it. He's got a lot of fancy tricks and flicks. and he, The one thing that I like about him is he doesn't do backward passes. He always tries to look for a way to get the ball forward. And that's as rare as hen's teeth in the Stoke team at the moment. Uh, so I'm giving him a six. Uh, he gets a seven because I'm going to have to because I've given a six out for Laurent and Wilmot. 
I liked him yesterday, not drastically, but he, he was. He, if it wasn't for him, we would have got battered. To be honest, yesterday he, he was good at keeping hold of the ball. He was dragging it forward. He got an assist for the Baker movement, which was a great little touch and pass as well. Um, he's and like you've already just touched on, he's always trying to get things moving into. He's always trying to pick a pass or he's trying to get the strikers away. He's he's the only one making us look like we can attack at this moment yeah. in time. He was and, and, and the most frustrating thing was a ball went. He tried twice, I think, or three times to try get timing away on the left, and timing just wasn't even switched on enough for the, either of these passes. Two nice little passes, gently. If if yeah, timing had ran, he would have got onto him. We would have been in, but he wasn't awake to it. Time wasn't up for it. So small small bone man of the match for me. Right, now we're moving to Jacob Brown. I thought Jacob Brown had a poor game by his standards. I, I can't ever fault his work rates, but he didn't didn't really do anything, and um, he's getting a five. Um, he gets a four from me, Jacob Brown. I think other than that shot in the first half, then at the post, I can't really remember him doing a lot. To be honest, there was, he did a lot of chasing, a lot of hurrying about, but no real quality there at times. I think, I, to be honest, he should have scored as well. I know he hit the post, but that that. That's bread and butter for a striker, that is. And yeah. Disappointed by... Right, now we move into Dwight Gale. I thought Dwight Gale showed exactly uh, his true feelings when another disallowed goal, he just stood and sort of had a little temper tantrum with his feet and shook every part of his body because he clearly... He's developed the Stoke curse, which is... Well, you can score 575 goals a week. Well, probably not 575, but you score a load of goals for people everywhere else. But you come to Stoke and some curse comes upon you um, and you can't find the net for reasons which aren't aren't your own um, because you're just having no luck. I still think he needs somebody different to play with up front. And I do think he will score us a lot of goals if we get somebody who's a striker that can hold the ball up that will play with him. So, Dwight Gale, for all his efforts, is only getting a five. He gets a five for me. He looked lively, didn't he? But he had absolutely nothing to feed off. I thought he took his chance well, even though he was offside. But nothing to feed off. Do you think he was offside? I think he was just offside, yeah. In, in, no, the, in the nowadays rules. Not not back in the day offside. But with the nowadays, okay. I think he's, probably his wrist was offside or something. <laughs> but that's how it is nowadays, isn't it? Yeah. And that, that's unfortunate. Right, now we're going to the substitutions, which was Klukas for Laurent, which made no sense to me. I think at that stage he was just trying anything he could. Uh, and uh, all I'll say is he's getting a four, and I don't want to say any more about him. Um, I'll go two, and nobody cares about him. Right, so now we move into Campbell for Sparrow. Um, five. Uh, I'll I've go. nothing else to say. I'll go four, because he ran on. I, I don't understand yeah, the substitution as well. I, I, yeah, fair enough. I, I don't understand the substitution, though, Ange. Why was he that deep? What's the point? Yeah, true. <laughs> what, what's the point? Look, they, they didn't... Uh, the subs didn't do a lot wrong, but they didn't do a lot right. So, for me, it was a bit of a waste of time. Yeah, <laughs> you're right there. Right, so now moving to the subs that weren't used. Bonham still at the club somehow. Jaggy Elkit, Thompson, Kilkenny and Wright Phillips. What's Thompson done wrong? I don't know. I think, as I said, I think he might be the fullback on uh, Wednesday. I really do. Well, if you, I, um, I, I don't mind that, but not playing right wing back because it's not his position. But then we've always got Morgan Fox. Oh, for God's sake. 
Right, so now we're moving to the referee rating. I thought he was poor, um, but that's only because we lost, so I'll give him a seven. Uh, I'll give him a six. He did all right, didn't he? There was not any major decisions that were wrong. No, he didn't do all right. He, did, he disallowed a goal for us. How can you say he did all right? Yeah, but in the nowadays rules, Andrew's offside. <laughs> it's just okay. how it is. So you, can't, you can't begrudge him for getting things right. Right, now we're going to the whole performance ratings. We're bringing them all back as you complained last week. What are you going to put it down as? Mine's going to shock you. What? Four. You're being generous, Ange. Come on. Real feelings no, now. Get it out. It's a four from me. Four, right. I'll go a one because I think that's what they deserve. Because they were right. Same. Um, now we're moving to the one that everybody wants to listen to now. Michael O'Neill's rating here. Yeah. Now, I've always said he's a really nice man. All right. That doesn't win you football matches. Being really unlucky, which I do think we were in many ways yesterday and have had bad luck with injuries virtually from the minute he's come, eventually that wears thin too. We all know that managers live by and die by the results. And I think the next two home matches are incredibly important for Michael O'Neill. Um, it's very rare, like West Ham played, not Forest today, Nottingham Forest. Um, it's very rare that every decision goes against you in football. Um, and I think that there's always a time when you can say in a match, well, we should have had that, or if only that had happened, if something else had happened. It, it, um, I thought we deserved to win yesterday. And I still think we deserved to win yesterday. And I always say that sometimes luck goes against you, but we have to win on Wednesday, otherwise momentum is going the wrong way for us and it's a losing mentality that comes into the players so um whilst i feel sorry for him i didn't understand the timing or the reasoning of his substitutions so he's getting a six a six right okay yeah. right he gets well that means you're going to give him three he's getting a two <laughs> why yeah you've got to be serious why i'm i'm, I'm being very serious the, the the whole lineup was wrong. The whole setup was wrong. When when is he going to change the formation and the system for whoever we he play against? The formation in the second half. Yeah, but it was too late for me. They were overrunning. There was no lack. Of, I don't understand why he's consistent with Flint. I don't understand why he's putting Sparrow in when he's got a player who isn't a lot better, but at least he's got games behind him, which is Dunhanny. Or even put I don't know Laurent there. Who, who, who can defend and could probably put a bit more of a shift in there and he can run us up the pitch. But what I don't understand is putting two kids on a pitch against with a man who's 33 and clear, clearly done. I've watched all pre-season, I've watched every game so far of Aidan Flint. He is finished. He is not... Yes, it, he probably is, but so is Jaggy Elka. But if you take away the elementary stupid... Three mistakes that Stoke made yesterday. If you take that away, it was actually quite a solid team performance. Still looked okay. Right? I think we had 18 shots to their nine. We had 60% of the ball. But two years ago, we used to laugh at West Brom. It wasn't two years ago now. It's probably near a four or five. When they used to have all the possession against us and we used to score. In fact, it's probably even longer than that. But we make silly mistakes Every flipping match. Yeah, every match. And you can't carry on to do that. Having said that, 
He's not making the mistakes. He's picking the players, yes, but he can only pick players that he can afford to get. And whilst I think he's made some horrible buys, I think he's made some good buys too, but I do not believe that you can absolutely pillory the guy when you've got players making absolutely ballistic mistakes. And the one thing I'll never understand, and it's not just Michael O'Neill, but he's just as bad as the others, is why we allow our players to amble around, pass back. Nearly all the time, we play our passes to our forwards. Our, our forwards are, are near our midfield than they are the opposing goal. They're always coming into the ball rather than running on it past the defence. That, that's it's awful. Yeah, that's tactical, Ange. That's tactical. That's fear but of the opposition. That, yeah, it is. All their plays in front of the opposition. We don't get behind them nearly any time at all. And and one of the reasons I believe one of the reasons is who's got technical the technical awareness. I didn't wasn't a big fan of Sawyer's, but he had it. Nick Powell is the only person now with the technical tactical awareness to get that ball in a position where Dwight Gale can run onto it, in my opinion, out of the current squad. Well, it is. We've got Smallbone who can push the ball forward. He's, he's creative. We, we all understand that. But it's it's been like this now for two years, Andrew. And do you want me to tell you what I'm sick of the most? I switch off now. I don't listen to the manager because I know what it's going to be. It's going to be the same yeah, thing he's been saying for two years. Daft mistakes. We've been making mistakes from his first yeah. full season to now. I want a winner, Ange. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of it. Ian, I'll ask again, and I'll ask everybody listening. You can shout out the name Sean Dyche. You can shout out the name Tony Pulis if you want to, right? But nobody is going to come to Stoke City and do any better than the current manager with no money to spend. Nobody. Of course course there will be. There always will be. Well, no, I, I can't. You think Sean Dyche is going to come to Stoke and, and they'll say, yeah, you can get rid of all the backroom staff, but you can't spend any money. You think he's going to come for that? You're joking. He'll be back in the Premier League before he'd look at Stoke. Well, I'm not talking about Sean Dyche. I, I don't really want Sean Dyche. I want an up and coming manager. I'll tell like, you what. Like I, Nathan Jones? No, no, not like Nathan Jones, because Nathan Jones, let's be honest, was shafted. I don't care what anybody says. He was shafted. He had it. He had. 80% of the, of the wage that we could spend was on players he didn't want and had to keep hold of. At the end of the day, he, he just did what he could. He's proved what a good manager is at Luton. You know, look at the transformation of them since he's gone in there. He's not a bad manager. It was just Stoke. The, the thing that I, I'm saying, we need a dinosaur at this club because the way the club's run, where you, the manager, where all the pressure's on the manager, because this is the way they run it, Ange. The reason why, yeah. we were talking about it the other time, about why is it always on the manager? It's because the club make it look like it's on the manager. Man United do the yeah, same yeah. thing. Yeah, but listen, right? If we're talking about the players, right? I, I thought Sparrow should have gone off about ten minutes before he did because he looked leggy and tired, and that's possibly why he made the mistake. So I think that is a management management mistake, right? But there's something even worse about Stoke that that I feel is a problem that goes beyond the management and I think it's to do with the, the soft nature of footballers now right? we're easy to beat any team, anybody going from Stoke to that match yesterday Huddersfield hadn't won, they hadn't scored etc etc, we all joke and we say charity 1863 heads drop we no longer stay solid and we become so soft and easy to beat 
It's dreadful. You've got to do the hard work. You've got to keep going. You've got to find a way to grind out a win. And we don't appear to be able to do that. Yeah, because it's... I mean, that possession is meaningless. It's, you know, it's, it's, I'm it's, so, I'm, it's meaningless because it's all sideways backwards. And I sit there now and I feel, oh, Christ, it's, you know, it's going to be 10 minutes before we get the ball up the pitch. Yeah, it says it's 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 terrific to watch. It's why people people are sick of it, Ange. I mean, I've I've put polls out, I've put everything out. They don't want him anymore, Ange. It's done. It's simple as that. It doesn't matter if he goes on a run. That's, that's irrelevant. Whoever comes into this football club, right, will not make a silk purse out of a sow's ear with some of those players, right? Look, I'm under no illusion that Huddersfield are shocking. Yeah, they are the right? poor, very poor. Absolutely shocking, but you've got now you've got the club captain coming out. You cannot expect the club captain to come out when he's asked questions and say, I thought we were rubbish. Well, Sometimes you can expect him to say, yeah, we didn't play well, we've got to do better, etc., etc. But no manager, no team player is going to come out and say, we're rubbish. They'll put whatever spin they can on it, right? I mean, Lewis Baker said yesterday, well, they were in the playoffs last year. To carry on saying things like that, well, you're deluded. Well, yeah, because... it's, it's gone down everyone's head. People are fuming about that. I said, what did you think but, but, of Baker's but, saying? They, did, they don't like it. Being the better team, how many times have we said we were the better team? We're absolutely the better team. Can't believe we've lost. It has to stop. And I believe that that is not just the management the player's mindset is wrong. Right? Yeah, but he, but he brought him in, and... It's, 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 you can't tell a manager to change... A manager can tell him, but you, if you could all become world beaters by somebody telling you to change your mindset, everybody would be a world beater. You've got to have the mental ability to do it and the strength of character to do it. And some of those players don't have the mental fortitude to have a winning mindset. It's great... It's great when you're doing well. Everybody can play well when, when you're doing well. Right? It's when the times are tough and you have to really fight and dig in. And I don't think we've got enough players that will dig in. Huddersfield had yesterday. That was a massive game for Huddersfield yesterday. And they had the characters to dig in. And I just think, hmm, we're a bit meh, bland, it's beige. Not, it's, it's not that we're back bland or beige, it's just poor. You know, it doesn't matter what anybody says or what anybody does. Michael O'Neill brought them players in, and those players aren't good enough. They just aren't good enough. We're, I mean, we're relying on as kids to come into that team because his signings don't make sense. Aidan Flint, I look at Aidan Flint, that man would struggle getting the crew team. And I'm not joking, that's me being serious. He is finished. But who's there to replace him? Phil Jagielka, who's 41 nearly, who's finished. <laughs> So I'm looking at it and going, why did you bring him in in the first place? You know, they brought him in as a short-term solution for Harry Suter, right? and Harry Suter's not going to be a short-term injury. And my, that's just my opinion. I think Harry Suter's... We're not going to see Harry Suter in a Stoke shirt properly until maybe after the World Cup. See, that's what I mean then. So that's off the season. We could be third bottom by then. With the way we're playing, we could be third bottom. The truth is yeah. we bought... Cut, Got Gale in, and I like Gale. I think there's a good player there, but he isn't as, he isn't as sharp as he was before. He's 32 as well, which doesn't help it as well. I'm looking at the entire players and the way the, it's the way we're set up that doesn't make sense. We haven't got the players for it, but he, no, I he, agree. he consists with thing. it. There's another thing. There's another thing. 
There's another thing. We don't have a great deal of quality. We haven't got any quality, apart from Smallbone. I mean, I, 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 I'm not understanding this love for Baker. I mean, I think there's a good player in there, and now and again, he, he really shines. When, when we play against a slow midfield, Baker shines. But when we come up against a quick one, or they've got a solid holding midfield, what we've been searching for now for what how many years? Three. When we come against that, he goes missing. He, he goes out the game. He, he becomes quiet. I don't understand at all what the manager's thinking with the selection as well. I mean, I'd rather stick with Jagielka. I mean, fair enough, he's not fit. But then he start thinking to himself, what's going on? We've still got so many... Go- We've still got a bit of money to spend, maybe bring a few loans in. Why is it taking so long? You know, at the end of the day, the way we're set up doesn't work. Now, when, we, when he was in panic stations, when he first came in after Nathan Jones, he played a, pretty much a 4-3-3. And we were attacking, we were getting balls down the wings, we were breaking in and creating chances. And then he's gone to this system where we, we have got no quality, we've got no wing-backs, and I haven't had wing-backs, and, and I still don't think we've got wing-backs, in my opinion. We've got no holding midfielder. We've only got one Cam who's injured all the time. We've got midfielders that are very similar, except now, to be fair, we've got Lorenz who can sort of do a bit of both. We, we keep bringing players in that have got no record of being in, in form, which we haven't. I mean, Clark didn't exactly rip up trees at a burning or Ross County, did he? You know, Smallbone was sat on the reserve team at, well, the under-21s at, at Southampton. We bring in players that no one else... Well, let's be honest, and this is truthfully honest, nobody else was going in for these players that we brought in. Nobody. Millwall wouldn't be interested. Luton wouldn't be interested. There's probably We were probably competing with Lincoln and maybe a, a Sunderland for some of these players. We've dropped that far down, and I understand why, because of FFP. But you have to make the most of what you've got there by doing what, for example, Peterborough do, where they'll see in League 2 players who've got one year's left on the contract, scout him, and then go, right, we'll, snick, we'll nick him on a free, because he's a good young player. Well, and that's how they got that striker, Clark Harris, is it? Clark Harris, who they got? How they got, for example, Dembele, who moved on to bigger and better things, and a few other players that they did. But Stoke don't, they just keep going to the same avenues all the time and expect a different change if, if you you can pour water into a cup but it's never going to turn into vodka you know at the end of the day it's just it's just going to come the same outcome well i'll tell you what ian if i had a cup of water now i would exchange it for a cup of vodka because you are mr depressive no but right? it's, it's true though Ange. You, How many games have we played this season yeah right we've played three we've played more we couldn't get a goal past them We've played Huddersfield, we look completely toothless. We had a couple of chances, but really, the shots might as well have been passes with about five or six of them. Morecambe, you know, yeah, fair enough, we scored a goal, but it was disallowed. You know, Blackpool, we played well, I'll, I'll, I'll admit that, but I think that's a lot to do with the small pitch. But I think I had a look the other day on a stat, I think there's only three clubs who've got pitches a similar size to us. So what are we hoping for wins at them and then lose everywhere else? I'm not sitting here saying that this season's over and done with. I, I don't. I, I think it's over done with promotion. I, I don't think we've got a, a cat and owls chance unless three good players come in before the window closes. But I'm well, sick. While we're talking about those three good players coming in, did you notice that Dilap Junior was on the bench for Manchester City yesterday? Uh, I did, yeah, I did, because apparently they want to keep hold of him now because they because uh, who they let go? Oh, Silver's got anti Bernardo Silver. 
So they, they need to bring somebody through. So that's not looking very good, Ange. Probably not, but uh, why not, uh, if I may ask you then, given that you've dissed the team, uh, you haven't mentioned much about the Blackpool win, but I'll ask you then, name your starting eleven for Wednesday. Doesn't really matter, to be honest, does it? Um... No, go on, you've dissed the team we've got. You can't have it every way, Ian. You'll find that if you get elected to the Supporters Council. You have to be open-minded and pragmatic. I, I am I am being it. Like that. The... You have said... The team is not good enough. It isn't. Name a team good enough, in your opinion, out of the squad we've got to play midweek. I'll go with my formation and everything. Yeah. Right. Okay. I'll go with. We'll go with a back four. So in goal and our fielding. Well, we know that's not going to happen. Well, we know yeah, this is mine. Not uh, we're not going to okay. do Mark O'Neill because let's be honest, it wouldn't be any better. Um, two centre backs and have Connor Taylor and Ben Wilmot. Um, yeah. Right back. So you wouldn't play Jaggy Elka? I wouldn't play Jaggy Elka or Flint. I think we're finished. I wouldn't. Okay. To be honest, in my opinion, I won't play him again, unless right. we're playing against weaker teams in the FA Cup. And even then, I wouldn't trust him. Right back. I'd probably go with Laurent at right back. Left back, I'd go with Timon. Um, I'd play Thompson behind Bakey and. Smallbone with Campbell on the right, right Phillips on the left, with Gale up top on his own, with them behind him. Right. That's what I'd go with. Right. Uh, well, Middlesbrough haven't won yet. I think they drew today, so you know what people think about that. Um, I think you'll keep with Bursic in goal. Why do I think you'll keep with Bursic in goal? Because I saw Bonham uh, midweek, and that was enough for me. So, Bursley can go, I think he'll go with Connor Taylor, I think he'll play Jagielka and Wilmot, and I think he might bring DiMaggio Wright-Phillips in, uh, along with Baker, Loren, Smallbone and Tymon, and I think he'll go Gale and Campbell up front. Right, so that's the team you think will go, so what what would you do though, Ange? I'd buy a lot of players this week. <laughs> <laughs> can't start there. No, we can't have everything your way, Angela. <laughs> uh, the team that I would go with. Yeah, what you'd pick, I'd not what with, Michael. I would put, put Bursic in goal. You trust Bursic? In goal? I don't trust him at all, but I trust him more than Bonham, and I've never seen Fielding play. Well, so Fielding, Fielding's play. actually a decent goalkeeper, you know. Yeah, OK. Well, Bursic's supposed to be one of the greatest things in sliced bread, but I'd... I'd I would assume that if I had the money, I'd bring in Xander Clark or Ben Foster, right? Um, I would play Taylor, Jags and Wilmot, definitely. That's what I would play. So you'd sit um, with the Michael O'Neill formation? I would stick... Well, yes, because I don't I don't think that's ever going to change. And, and if I had fantasy football team in, I'd have Messi in it. So no, I'm just going on, on the basis of what I think he will do formation-wise. And if I was actually uh, picking my own team to, to go up front, I think I'd have, sorry, in the midfield, I'd have, um, so I've got William Tony Jags, I'd have uh, Tymon, uh, Loren, Baker, Smallbone and Thompson, right? I'd have Thompson in and I'd play Gale and Brown. Right. I think my team's better. I think my team's better. Um, well, you won't do, and I tell you what: if we have a penalty shootout, I'll win it. But you'll still say you've got the points. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh. just, honestly, everybody listening to this.
this podcast, do not vote for Ian Mellon. <laughs> do not vote for him. Scrub his name off the voting list. You cannot say him. that. You cannot say that because I want change. I have to take that all back. I have to take that all back. It was a joke. Uh, it was not meant in, in any serious fashion. So, come on, then. Uh, are we going to decide the score against <laughs> Middlesbrough? Um, I'll let you go first, Ange. Okay, 3-1 Stoke. 3-1 Stoke? Yep. Okay. The penalty. I'll go... 0-0. Nil, nil. <laughs> I'm going to go 0-0. Nil, nil. God, could it, you could have got more depressing. You could have said 0-1, couldn't you? <laughs> well, I could have, yeah, that's why I said 0-0. Nil, nil. I know you know it's not going to come in, we'll probably lose 1-0, but I'm, I'm, I'm saying we've got to try to be positive and put a 0-0 nil, nil in there. But we have to, you know, assess what people are saying, and, and I've put a lot of things up there. A special shout out for Finn as well, who works at my place. He's a massive, massive Stoke fan. Goes every week from Night Vicks, and well, he's he wanted to mention. What's this gentleman's name? Uh, Finn. His name is. Right. He doesn't well, want to use his second name. It's quite obvious, Finn. Thank you for listening. But it's quite obvious you voted for Ian, and that is the only reason he's getting. You were getting a mention in this podcast. So if you haven't voted for Ian, please vote for him because I, I get the feeling he's a very nasty man uh, when he's depressed about his football team. Which is all the time. Yeah. <laughs> now, Finn wanted to mention out. And there you go. Right, there you go, Finn. I've put you in. Um, right, so the w- ladies, how have they done? The Stokes women's team, how have they gone on? Well, Does... Stokes women's team are in their last pre-season friendly today. Um, and uh, the result hasn't come through yet, but um, they're playing at Blackburn, which I hope very much they do well. But they are actually starting uh, next week in the league, and there is this double header uh, where you can watch Stoke play um, at Loughborough, and you can also watch uh, two of the women's Super League teams. So um, that would be good if anybody wants to get themselves down there to watch. I think I might go next Sunday because... I'm, working, I'm basing it on, on the uh, idea that, um, how can I put it? You need cheering up some way, don't you? So if the men don't cheer you up, I think now, uh, I think we should go watching the ladies. I'd love go, but I'm working. Yeah, you say this every time. Yeah, no, I actually am. <laughs> um, yeah, if anyone wants to go down, it's a good it's a good event really. It's not just one game, is it? It's a few people are playing, and I think it's a good thing to do. It's a double double eddy, which people yeah. should go down and watch the ladies. They, they, yeah, and I, and I think the women's team are improving all the time. I see that uh, the women have signed a Hong Kong international, um, which uh, is great. I'm sure that will get some of our overseas fans really excited and interested. But I think that's really good. It, it, you can do nothing than, other than try your best. Uh, but while we're talking about um, other teams, I think we should also remember that um, some of our youngsters, the under-21s are playing on Friday at St George's Park. And if anybody wants to go that to that game, I, because most of the under-21s matches are going to be there now, but I would suggest if anybody does want to go to that game, you can go. Uh, but the people you need to speak to about how you get in and the tickets is alison.matthews at stokecityfc.com. So uh, they normally play on pitch four, but there's free car parking nearer to the, near to the pitches. 
and the pitch is uh, adjacent to the main building, which is just by the hotel. So it'll be well signposted, but if somebody wants to um, get themselves sort of stoked up ready for the Saturday game, then they can go and watch the young lads at St George's Park on Friday, whereupon, no doubt, it'll be slatting it down with rain because we've had quite a hot week this week, haven't we? Yeah, it's been very hot, very hot this week. Um, what, so people have asked me, when is the... When is it going to be the voting time for the people on the Supporters Council? Because, of course, people are voting, Ange, and hopefully they'll well, vote for me and voting, you. People are voting at the present time, and they have another six days in which to vote. And then, uh, sorry, seven days in which to vote. And then, of course, you'll be, uh, hopefully, getting the mariachi band in uh, for the next Sunday podcast when they sing out your name um, to some South American dance music and we all applaud and pop corks on bottles. It was National Prosecco Day yesterday. Oh, was it? Oh. Yeah, well, I, I was excited flat. about the Mexican band. I do like a bit of Mexican I, music. I, I always went flat, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it went very flat. But I'm excited about the Mexican music. Is there any Mexican food there? Because I do like my Mexican. Oh, I'm sure there will be. I'm sure we'll sort something out so, a few beans. A full spread? Have you seen... Yeah. <laughs> have, you, have you seen being serious? Have you seen today there's lots of discussions about... Um, the leadership of the club by the Coates family and um, a lot of people now have turned their thoughts to John Coates and, and how things are going under his watch and I just wanted to ask you what, what were your thoughts about how the the club is um, evolving since John's taken over um, well I'll be honest it, let's be honest it's completely fallen off a cliff hasn't it since John's taken over the club's gone from being a steady mid-table Premier League club to a, a club that looks by all t- about like we're stabilising as a championship mid-table club I feel like the investment's wrong I don't think we've got enough people up in the high areas to advise John so that he can bring good recruitment teams in and, and analytics and, and be a bit modern it seems like it's wherever we go it's as, as cheap as we possibly can rather than what can we do to drastically improve I mean Premier League days seem a, a vast different well you look at the team now compared to when he took over we had Shakiri on Outovich we had Osselu you know we had Walters we had Whelan now we've got Smallbone Dunani and Bonham <laughs> that's that it's, it's not been a good spell at all and has it and I'll put my feelings forward to that and the Sports Council if I get on there I'm not taking any now I want I want answers um, I think I think when you look at uh, Stoke's situation and then everybody says how we've fallen off a cliff since we came down from the Premier League which we undoubtedly have but you look at um, you look at Manchester United, for example, and you can even go back and look at Liverpool in the 90s where they won nothing and their training methods were rubbish, etc. I've always said that football's cyclical, uh, but when you look at how Man United have fallen with a huge amount of money behind them and spent so much in the transfer market, a little bit of it's luck, but a lot of it is how you... The, the big term at the moment is process, uh, but basically it's how you run the club and what your plan is. And if you look at Manchester United as a, a club that's gone on the wrong way, the slippery slope, and then you have a look at a club like Brentford, right? Now, I could be wrong with the time, but Brentford, 
I think they were playing the Vale about 25 years ago in, in what was Division 3. And they goals. Decided, and they, we were, yeah, but they decided that they were going to have a consistent plan throughout all their squads. And to a certain extent, I think Brighton have done similar. But they had a consistent plan where they were going to uh, do it this way and keep at it this way recruiting overseas players that not many had heard of when they've looked at them and looked at them and looked at them, looked at their way of their play, looking at their own youngsters, right? And they've, what are they in now? The the second year of the Premier Premier League, I think Brighton are probably in fourth or fifth, might be fifth, I think. Um, They've appointed managers that... Potter, I don't think, would have ever come to, come to Stoke. I don't think we would have taken the risk on him anyway. We certainly don't appear to look like we want to use foreign managers. But if you go further back, Chris Hewton, everybody thought he was a great white hope. He went in, he did a little bit of good work, and then it, obviously they, they binned him for somebody else. But Brighton and, and uh, Brentford, particularly Brighton with managers, they don't seem to have... Um, problems there they, they get a manager in another manager follows and everything's smooth we have hiccup after hiccup um i just wonder about who the next stoke manager will be and when you look at the managers we've had in the recent past it doesn't fill me with optimism that we'll get the right one no uh, for me it goes down to the the ownership all down really I mean, I'm looking at everything that, that's been going on. These managers that we bring in aren't bad managers. There's no question that. Gary Rowett, before Stoke nearly got Derby up, come to Stoke, fell apart. But I saw shoots with Gary Rowett where we were starting, yeah, we weren't winning, but we were drawing, we were getting rid of that losing mentality. But then he was binned. But the only reason I believe he was binned so quickly was because the fans started shouting towards the coach rather than Rowett. And that's when I think they fired and went, right, get rid of him if they're complaining about us. And then Nathan Jones come in with no help whatsoever, no analytics team, no nothing, which he'd had at Luton. And, he, and he, I think he even said in an interview not long ago, didn't he, that he said going to Stoke was actually going to a more olden days system compared to where he was at yeah. Luton. He was shocked yeah. by what he saw at Stoke. So for me, it's quite obvious where our problem is. I, I agree with you that... You know, sacking manager after sacking manager is going to get you nowhere because at the end of the day, it's, it's how we recruit. It's how we buy players. It's how we look at who we're bringing in as manager. It's our problem. You know, for me, with the way the coach family run the club, we're better off with a Steve Bruce or a Tony Pulis or a Sam Allardyce, a dinosaur that knows players by having a conversation with them or an old-fashioned manager because it's the only way they'll get joy because the way we chat because now modern managers the way they're trained and the way they're brought through in the modern game is not to buy their own players you know if you look yeah. at the the Brentford manager he's never bought a single player he wanted apart from Ericsson Christian Ericsson because he had him before yeah. He had a stormy yesterday, didn't he? Well, yeah, joining United was a massive backward step, I said that, when he left. But that's why Brentford do well, because the manager is completely point. Well, not pointless, but the manager is is there to be replaced. They're, they're saying in no uncertain terms, if, if you don't get the best out of the players we bring in, you're gone. Simple as that. 
Whereas with Stoke, we put all the pressure. It's the same with United, who you mentioned as well. The Glaciers aren't bothered. As long as the money changes and they keep their money coming into yeah, their pocket, they aren't right. bothered. That's right. But then, but then let's just go back to the, the, the way Stoke are playing at the moment, right? Um, we seem to be playing zonal or part zonal at corners, right? Now, I'm not sure our defenders know how to play it. Chagielka might, but certainly the ones yesterday didn't look like it. And if I was a scout for Middlesbrough or for Sunderland, the first thing I'd be doing would be telling all my players, right, just get the ball down the wing and get corners. Because if we don't change something soon, you have a look at the goal difference chart at the moment. And I think there's just Reading that's got a worse goal difference than us. Now, over the years, we've, we've had poor goal differences. Our columns have always been in the minuses. Last year, I think it was better. But this year, it's um, it, we have to change this because if we don't, uh, I, it's going to be a long, cold winter. And I go to matches. I know you you haven't got the heart to go to all of them, or you're working, or you know you're doing your knitting. But when 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 you looked at us, I think it was the first or the second attack yesterday. When when we looked pretty good. Well, if you can't look good in the first couple of minutes, then when are you going to look good? But you know we had this attack. Uh, and I think it was Sparrow, uh, and, and Sparrow didn't cross it. Now, Sparrow probably wasn't ready to cross it, or it's not his position, whatever we want to say. But it goes back, back to the, I think it was the centre-half. And, like, you sit there, and every other couple of minutes you think, oh, we've reset again, back again, let's start again. And I'm getting really, really bored uh, watching it, and... I just hope it changes. I, I, I do think the crowd can make a big difference this midweek. I do think the crowd were pretty good yesterday. They didn't turn on him. But I think it's only a matter of time before the tide of... And we know there's a swelling tide of, of people not wanting him at the club. But once it starts to get really nasty at the bet 365, then I, I do wonder what will happen because you've only got Simon King now, who's a COO, He's not a CEO, and I'm just wondering how shielding he'll be of the Coates family because, and you know, you've got the new COO, and whether Simon will be able to, the words probably shield people from from the problems going on the pitch. I'm not sure because, of course, he's nothing to do with football, and and now those people that were in front of the management team have gone and not been replaced in terms of recruitment apart from Andy Cousins. So. It's going to be a tough time for, for John Coates and, and we know that the family uh, don't tend to pull the trigger quickly and I think those people that are expecting something to happen this early on in the season are probably wrong but he's got to win at least one of the next two matches. What are your thoughts? I think I think Simon King is just another Tony Scholes, isn't he? He's another ex-banker, isn't he? Or knows a lot about financial things and it's similar to Man United, isn't it, where they've they had Ed Woodward there for 10, 12 years, where, you know, he's just trying to keep the peace. I think John needs to wake up, really, and start realising that he needs a sporting director, he needs a new transfer system. We need to wake up. The way we're going at the moment, Andrew, is sleepwalking to League One. I don't think it'll happen yet, this, that and the other, but change needs to happen. It needs to happen. It's got to start changing somewhere because... Yeah, well, that's what I said to you before when I was talking about Brighton and Brentford. If you continue, and 
I'm just saying this because I believe it. If you continue to just lay everything at the manager's door, which is what most football clubs do, then inevitably we'll just be on the same roundabout that we were when we got rid of Gary Rowett, when we got rid of Nathan Jones, which means the manager wants a whole new load of players in again, and those uh, load of players will cost money, and then if they don't make it, where are we then? So I think uh, it's far deeper for me than than just just a management situation. I mean, if you want to become at the top, you have to keep reinventing yourself and changing yourself every time. Uh, I, I, I'm not quite sure how can how much the owners consider whether we need to change. From everything I've heard, Ange, I mean, I put a question in, um, in the, not the last team meeting, the one, one in COVID times when it was Scholes, O'Neill and John Coates. I put in, are we going to be changing the system and all that lot? And, and John Coates came out and said, no, we have a way of doing things here and that's how we're doing things. And unfortunately, it ain't working, is it? It hasn't been working for a long time. You, you know, I mean, Ange, we look at the squad that's there, we look at every year, we're going... What have you bought him in for? Why is he? Well, yeah. He's not improving anything. Why have we signed him? And it, it carries on now. I'm, I'm, I'm very frustrated with it. It's getting to the stage now where the fans are just angry. And as soon as we go through a bad run, they're blaming the manager. I mean, I've, I've put my colours to the mask. I want Michael O'Neill out because it's the only way of change, Ange. Because we'll never get change from the higher ends of the football club because they refuse to change. So... We have to look down and think, well, the only hope we've really got as Stoke fans at this moment is we might find another Tony Pulis, somebody who can motivate these players to do something different. Because it's the only thing I can see. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing, disagreeing with you, but how many times have we tried this? How many times have we tried to bring in somebody that would just get us the extra three points, for example, when we, we got Paul Lambert? That, for me, bringing in Paul Lambert... At that point, was is probably for me. It's the biggest calamitous manager's decision, apart from that Brad Bobley, whatever his name is, Villa, that I've ever known. It's just stupid, and it, but it's been doing the same thing. Like we've had good managers. I'm not sitting here. Rout was a good, is a good manager. Look what he's done at Millwall. So was Jones. Yeah, I mean, so was so was Jones. It was a brilliant. Brilliant appointment. Yeah, it is. The unfortunate thing is it didn't work out and then you look back to Alec Ferguson who was, what, a matter of hours away from the sack and look how that worked out. Unfortunately, we keep hours too long. Yeah, it is. It's, it's happened so many times and I, I just believe that the time for the bullet with Michael O'Neill and I said it last season, if he didn't have a run, I would have got rid of him at the end of the season and I still back that. I, I think it's, change has to come somewhere and... The problem is when it's a re- when when you, he keeps copying and pasting, and like I said, Rowett and Jones aren't bad managers. Look what he's done at Millwall. He's turned Millwall from a team that looked like it was just a matter of time of going down to a team that's challenging for the playoffs. And Nathan Jones is looting again, going from strength to strength. I think they've done incredible business this season with some really talented young players. I mean, Dowerty's a good signing for them, from us. The problem is that I see is that nothing's getting changed, Ange. You know, Scholes has left and we just brought another replacement in. Nothing's well, changed. Well, they brought that in. They've brought in somebody on lesser terms because he has nothing to do with football. But as for much as, and I know we're running out of time now, but for all we say at this moment, the only people who can change the way the football club is running, um, 
the only thing fans can do is they don't like the manager then they react so the manager gets changed but if you look at the the business the business is owned by the coach family uh, and they point out it's their business and they'll do what they like with it which is in their rights uh, but I can't see them changing anything about how they run this football club um, if if maybe they ran it the same way as they run Bet365 which is utterly ruthless and very successful uh, then obviously uh, things might change but when you look at the uh, the way football is now compared to say just five or six years ago everything's changed it has um, yeah it has changed that's why that's why when Mark Hughes didn't change for the times he um, it caught up with us and um, I don't know how many managers you have to sack uh, and have the impact the bad the negative impact it has on the club before we change something else well, I think that's coming, Ange, to be honest. I think that is coming next where we want different leadership up top. So it's a difficult question and it's a question that we do because I, I, I do like the coach family. I'm not sitting here saying that I want them out and, and this, that and the other. But if they don't start changing soon and start realising that modern, because football's changed, now you can't even throw money at it now, which, we've, which has been proven under the row at times that... You can throw money at things now and it won't get you anywhere. You've got to be clever. And when you throw your money, you've got to throw it right. The problem is with us, it's still the same routine. I don't care what anybody says. A manager says, right, I need a right back. They'll give him a list of six and go, which one do you want of the six? That's what it is. But that's how it used to be in the 90s. And even to an extent, sort of half the noughties. But now you've got to be clever because of FFP. You can't throw money at things anymore. Because if it goes wrong... You can disappear, and yeah. and that's what I think they're waiting for. Because I know FFP disappears next season, and we can start spending, but it's got to be in a three years budget. We've got to. Yeah, but you've still even then, Ian, you've got to have a better long term, or what it appears to be, a better long term plan and strategy than than we have. Uh, I know that in the in the meet the board evening, he said he wanted John Coates said he wanted to make us the most successful football club that we can be, well that's great, we all want that, but um, I'm sure that every other 91 clubs in the league want the same, so I know we've whittled on a long time about that, but it'd be interesting for people to tell us how they think it could change for next week if people want to do that, and I guess the only thing we've got left to cover now is after we've beaten Middlesbrough on Saturday, how we do, sorry on Wednesday, how we do on Saturday. Who have we got on Saturday, Ange? My word, this man calls himself a candidate for the council elections. I'm, I'm asking you to see if you Sunderland. know. Sunderland. Sunderland, right. So we've got Sunderland. Now we should to draw. <laughs> we, we should beat Sunderland. But the way, the way I don't know. I, I, honestly, this is one of the predictions are so difficult because I don't have a clue, Ash. I don't know what team's going to turn up. This is the thing with it. It's like Blackpool really impressed me. I thought, oh, we played well there. I'm, I'm, and then I got all excited. And then we got knocked out by Morecambe. And then we got battered by Huddersfield. Well, we didn't get battered, but we, we fell apart, really, against Huddersfield. So it's so hard to judge a game, isn't it? Yes, well, um, just judge it and give us your prediction. 1-0 Stoke. I'm going 2-0 Stoke. Two nil. So, so you, a massive six points in two home games. So you think we're going to score five goals in? Yeah, I do. Got to do it sometime. 
Well, I hope it happens. But I do hope it happens. Right, so you we... don't really, because you'll just want to heap criticism on me next Sunday. No, because I was very positive last week, and it's all it, it's so hit and miss. You know, like a great result last week, and I've, I've noticed over the last two years doing the podcast that it's been like this for a while. Where one week I'm like, oh yeah, we played well, we're pushing on, and then we draw and then lose, and it seems to be a massively bad routine that Michael O'Neill has, where it's win, draw, draw loss, win. Draw, loss, loss, win. You know, when when are we going to see a run when I can get excited? There's only one other thing we can do now uh, to end this podcast on a, a really bright note. You asked how the women had done in their last pre-season friendly. Yeah. Uh, well, apparently, they've. I've just had a message to say they played really, really well uh, and lost 2-0 to Blackburn, which is a good result because Blackburn... Um, are a good team, so I'm very pleased. Why are you playing? Ange, no, you're sounding like the bloody Stoke team last year. We played well. But... Or you'll make Nathan Baker, whose really name is Lewis. No, he's Nathan until he starts performing. Ange, his name's Nathan. Get on board, get on board, everybody. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, so all we can do now is that's a hat trick of defeats. All we can do now is hope that I'm right on Wednesday and Ian is wrong. Yes, because I put a draw you, yeah. Right, so thanks, everybody. Thanks for that, Ange. Yeah, thanks. And everybody, now just go and get yourself that uh, that big cup of cold water that uh, hopefully will turn into vodka. Have a lovely week, and we'll see you next Sunday. So thanks for listening. And obviously, if you're going to go onto the Stoke City website and put in the Supporters Council, there you can put your vote in. Make sure you vote for your candidate. Hopefully it's me. If you want to put in for me, that's I'll be very much appreciated. And if you're new to the podcast and you found a link and you've added on, you can find us on any podcast platform. Anyone that's in there, just put it on and you'll find the Pots podcast quite easily. So thanks for listening. Ta-ra. All the